Welcome to Singled In, a podcast for single members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in their 30s and 40s, also known as mid-singles. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Oliver. And tonight, our topic of the day is what not to say to your single friends. And tonight, we are joined by a special guest who is also our dear friend, Brittany. Thank you for being on our episode. Hey guys, it's pretty here. <laughs> <laughs> so Brittany, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, a little bit about myself. I'm 35. I've never been married. I am a registered nurse. I work at, in pediatric at a hospital here in town um, and have been doing that for almost 10 years, which is kind of crazy. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I have been in the singles ward like my entire adult life. So that's been uh, definitely a roller coaster of a ride. <laughs> I grew up in the church, um, and I'm a family of four siblings. Um, and so two of them are married, and so I have one single brother that uh, gets, I get to commiserate with mm. uh, once in a while. In your singledom. <laughs> in my singledom. <laughs> I, th- I think that, I don't know, anything else they, you think they should know? Yeah, I think that's about it. And we've, so you've been in the mid-singles ward for how long now? Um, so about three years. So yeah, I made, I made the switch from a young single adult when I was about 32. Mm -hmm. And we've been friends for about what? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Um, we like first met when we were like around like 15, 16. Yeah. Back in high school. Um, but we didn't really become, um, kind of better friends until we were in like our mid twenties. Yeah. So, so when we were attending the YSA ward at the time. Right. So I think we've like been friends yeah, for like a good 10 years now. Like, wow. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Still friends. <laughs> and now we're in the mid singles ward. Yep. Doing this together. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I think an assumption people make about Brittany and Oliver a lot is that they're dating because they're such great friends. Oh my gosh. Because we're always together. Yeah. Yeah. So often. So often. I have to be like, no, we're not dating. We're just really awesome friends and get along great. Yeah. People like associate you two together or something. I know. Well, it's It's like when we throw events, um, you know, I'll be like, oh, is Oliver invited? Like... Yeah. <laughs> what, what time is Oliver going to be there? Oh, it's Brittany coming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's great. That's good to have a wingman. Especially yeah. in the mid-singles ward. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> yes. Brittany, tell us more about that. Tell us what it was like to turn 30, 31 as a member of the church and single. And um, what what was it like also deciding to go to the mid-singles ward? Okay. Um. So turning 30, I, I remember being kind of nervous about it. Um, cause I'm like, uh, I'm going into this like whole new decade and, and I was obviously still single <laughs> and I, I don't feel like, I, like still going to the YSA at 30, I think still felt okay. Um, because at the time I had still like a pretty good group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was still going to lots of events and hangouts and, and things like that. And so I didn't feel like out of place necessarily but it was like around that time like 30 31 that I kind of looked around the ward (laughs) and you know I'm like looking at some of these guys and they're all like 22 23 and you know and and I would go to like FHE or whatever else and talk to them and it would it would just feel weird um, because they might not ha- know how old I am, but I generally knew how old they were. And so that just, that big gap, um, started to feel really large and, um, and they would be talking about, you know, like getting home from their missions or, uh, they're starting college or they're like getting their first grown up job. And, um, and meanwhile, I've like been in my career for like five plus years. And, um, and I was like, you know, thinking about when I wanted to buy a house and, and stuff like that. And so just the maturity level and like kind of the disconnect was there. Um, and so that was definitely an adjustment. Um, and so, yeah, between like 30 and 32, I was feeling like that disconnect more and more. And then, 
once I finally decided to make the jump to mid-singles, that was also really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our, I have a, a great story about our friend Jessia that I might not tell tonight, but... Yeah, you um, should. <laughs> it was... So I went to the mid-singles ward for the first time, I, I think by myself. Yeah. And, was Ian not there? Um, was who not there? Ian. No. No, because I, I think I was like, I'm going to try it. And um, and so I went by myself. And I only intended to stay for soccer meeting because I, I thought, you know, I'm just going to see how it goes um, and see how I like it. And so I went and I just looked around and it felt so weird because <laughs> um, I think I saw like maybe a couple of familiar faces that had been at like other YSA events um, and stuff, but for the most part, not that many <laughs> familiar faces. And like the meeting went okay. I think it might've even been fast and testimony meeting, um, which is always a little bit of an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so then as the meeting ended, um, I honestly, in kind of my normal fashion, like, I just was like, okay, I'm like, good to go. Like, and so I started to walk out and, um, Jessia said, she said I was almost running, <laughs> which I don't remember, <laughs> but I don't know. I tend to walk a little fast sometimes. So who knows? And, um, and she said she literally chased me because she caught me like going out the outside doors. Um, and she was like, Hey, like, <laughs> and so she stopped me and she was like, I just wanted to introduce myself. And, um, she said, I'm the Release Society president and I'm Jessia. And she's like, and, and it's good to meet you and all that. And she's like, I hope you come back. <laughs> and, um, and honestly, she was the reason I did come back. <laughs> um, cause she at least made me feel a little more welcome and that there was a face that was like somewhat familiar and friendly already um and so I don't think I came back for like a couple of months but when I did come back I like brought a friend with me and then maybe a few weeks later I started to actually come like week to week but I do remember it feeling very weird at first mm -hmm. but at the same time um everybody was very welcoming, very friendly. I had numerous people like introduce themselves to me and made me kind of feel at home. Um, but it was just, it was kind of a scary jump. <laughs> I admire you because you like went to the mid-singles ward not knowing anyone. By the time I went to the mid-singles ward, our mutual friend Ian was already going and Brittany was already going. So I kind of already had that cushion of people that I knew, whereas you just like jumped you just jumped right in not knowing anyone there and like yeah. you said you saw familiar faces but you didn't like expect to see someone there that you knew yeah like even the familiar faces that i saw like weren't necessarily friends they're just like people i might have seen at a activity or you know and yeah yeah mm -hmm. so it was, it was definitely yeah meeting lots of new people and, and everything so I love that story. I feel like Jesse has been responsible for recruiting quite a few of our friends into the ward, so we have her to thank for all of our, our friendships. So our topic today, I'm very excited about. This is actually, we planned this very last minute. Oliver and I were going to record on our own tonight, but we went to sushi with friends because um, single life has some perks, including sushi with friends. Absolutely. And <laughs> Brittany was there and agreed to come join us, so I'm excited. We're talking about what not to say to your single friends. And so we wanted to talk about a few of the things we hear sometimes that maybe aren't helpful or maybe make us a little angry or, inside. Or, or damaging. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just things that, yeah, maybe are missing, misunderstanding singles. Um, so, yeah, we want to talk about those and then maybe some things that might be more helpful to say to your single friends and family. Yes, so, more helpful things. Yeah. We can help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do feel like this is an exciting topic for me because I feel like there's going to be more input from you two ladies. Because I feel like when it comes to, like, hurtful comments or, like, unhelpful comments, it's usually targeted towards more the sisters in the ward than, like, the brethren in the ward. Oh, yeah? Do, do you guys oh, agree with that? You know, I hadn't thought about it in that way, mm -hmm. but I think you're right. Oh. Um, 
Because I think the guys, they just have this, um, like they're kind of more in control of their singleness, I guess if that that's maybe the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so they're the ones usually... perceived. Or it's perceived that way. Yeah. Because um, they're the ones usually doing like the asking out or the not asking out or whatever. And the girls are kind of there just more or less waiting mm-hmm. um, since it's that typical way that girls don't usually do the asking. Mm-hmm. The um, dynamic. Yeah. So, I yeah. So, I think it's girls that get those negative questions or whatever else i think more often yeah they get more hounded than the guys do right do you think that's a worldwide thing or do you think that's more a church thing i think it's probably more worldwide though because i I think i would that's probably safe to say that's more worldwide yeah that's interesting what you're saying because i mean girls definitely take a little bit more of a passive role in dating and so a lot of the things you're doing aren't as controllable um like, you're not just going to ask somebody out, but you're doing all these little things to, like, make yourself just, like, marginally more attractive to the opposite gender or whoever you're trying to date. Um, and so I could see that being a thing. But I honestly, I feel like guys get a lot of flack mm-hmm. uh, because there is that control. I think that there's for sure the perception in the church that um, if men are single, then they're doing something wrong and they need to repent, <laughs> which is not fair. And actually, um, in Sunday school a little while ago, the teacher said something so profound about, and it was related to our single status. Her name is Erica Torgerson. I want to credit her, but (laughs) But, um, we were talking about Job and talking about how sometimes when we go through hard things, we try to create meaning in it, even if like there's no great purpose for going through a challenge. It's just part of our mortal experience. But um, so something that Job's friends did was like say, oh, are you sinning? Like, do you need to repent or make some changes? And then you won't go through this hard thing. And how that's like a big narrative for us as singles in the church. Uh, Maybe not sinning, like we need to uh, go talk to the bishop about something or confess something or whatever, but um, just this narrative of like, oh, if you just changed a couple things, Mm -hmm. you know, repented in quotes, Mm -hmm. then this, this trial would end for you and you would find your someone or whatever which is not true or fair because sometimes like things are just hard and there's no reason for it so so Lindsay, you're still single so clearly you're doing something wrong (laughs) and absolutely Brittany and i we're all doing something wrong obviously because we're single we got to figure out what we're doing wrong and and fix it oh my gosh i wholeheartedly agree with that statement um yeah that you think it's um this yeah like we're sinning yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, or transgressing, or you know, something lighter, but still, yeah, that there's something that we're missing, or something that we're doing wrong, and there that there's always something that we could be doing better uh-huh. um, to find this, you know, magical person that will marry or, you know. Yeah, I think also in the church we're definitely like a very. Um, like a, our culture is very motivated, very goal setting, mm-hmm. goal oriented things like that. And so I think we do take a lot of personal responsibility for like how our lives go, like faith faith without works is dead, that sort of narrative, which is really helpful. I think in a lot of ways, I think we're very like high achieving people, but there comes a point I think where you just have to sit back and be like, I'm doing my best. And I also need to let go of the perfectionism because it is not helpful at all. So yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking the other perception that people kind of get wrong too, is that being single uh, means you're unhappy. Yeah. Um, and that if you're married, you're happy. And, um, and I, I've had this conversation with our friend Jessia because um, we thought, why do people assume just because I'm single that <laughs> I'm unhappy? Yeah. Because um, that's, not, that's not at all true. Or to assume that married couples are always happy. Yeah. Uh, we can't assume that either. Yeah. Um, so it's this very, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. Um, we can be happy or unhappy in either situation. It's all about our perspective and our choices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a really damaging narrative because for one, it's assuming once you get married, all your problems are going to go away and you don't need to like put some work into it. And also it's assuming that you don't have control over your happiness when you're single, which you absolutely can do a lot of things to absolutely um, have like a full 
a happy life with lots of connections, lots of growth, all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's assumed that you achieve your full potential once you get married. Yeah. And that's not the case. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do we assume that? Yeah. And I mean, for the church, I think the most obvious answer is because it's linked to eternal marriage. And so mm-hmm. um, that's more or less kind of the ultimate goal, because um, then you've reached the highest um, degree. Degree. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Of, your, of your potentiality, if that's right. even a word. Yeah. Yeah. In the church, they say the doctrine is that in order to obtain the highest degree of the celestial kingdom, you need to be married mm-hmm. in the temple or to achieve exaltation. And so, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um, but that doesn't mean necessarily mean like you need to get married in your twenties. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes. So that's definitely what we need to <laughs> fix. Yeah. Kind of get sure. away from. <laughs> I think also, I think marriage for sure is great. Um, cause it just gives you this opportunity to like grow a lot and be challenged and serve and, you know, tons of, just brings tons of new opportunities into your life. But I think we can also do a better job of just creating those opportunities for ourselves by like forming connections with other people, serving, just like giving a lot of our time. And there's still like a lot of growth to be had. We're not like stunted because we're single. No, absolutely not. Um, There's definitely a lot to be learned about being single. And I've had many people tell me that they're impressed, (laughs) which is a funny word. like to use. Um, but they're impressed that I have managed to create, um, this fairly happy life for myself by myself. Um, and that does take a lot of personal growth and being happy being alone or being happy in your current situation or whatnot. And just knowing yourself. Yeah. Cause I've had lots of friends that they have really never had a point in their life where they were single, like, you know, and they would kind of jump from one relationship to the next Mm -hmm. and then maybe straight into marriage. And so they never got this period where they actually got to like know themselves, love themselves, um, and be happy with themselves. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. yeah, that's a big perk. I like that. Okay. So what are some things you guys have heard that people have said to you about your single status that weren't helpful? I really like Brittany's comment about how she said people were impressed by, <laughs> like, I think that's funny. The impressive is usually like a good connotation. That's like a good word that you use. But in that, in that context, it's like, oh, like you did all of this on your own without like a man. That's impressive. <laughs> Where, and then you sit, you sit there and you go, thank you? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. Like it's actually kind of a dig. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I did not expect that of you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> All on your own. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, that definitely, I think, goes in the category of not helpful. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, and all of these are so well-meaning, I think, but obviously, like, knowledge is power, and we're here to educate <laughs> people yeah. Yeah. on how to have, like, better, more helpful conversations. Exactly. One of the things that, so as, as a male member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one of the questions that, like, my friends, especially my family, have asked me after I went on a date, the follow-up question is, okay, so are you going to go on a second date? When's the second date? And I would always say, I mean, maybe there won't be a second date. I wouldn't mind going on a second date. And then when I gave them that answer, it was always followed by, oh, but like, give them another chance. Like, how can you say that? Like, you should go on a second date. You're too picky, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a very big one. I was like, I've definitely heard those from my friends and family. <laughs> Um, that, yeah, they're like, when's the second date? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And and you always have to keep in mind that this isn't just about you. Like, it's about how they feel, too. Yeah. Um, so you think, well, I, just, I wasn't sure or I did like them, but it all depends on whether or not they want a second date or they're interested or yeah, whatnot, too. So why is telling someone that they're being too picky not helpful for them? <laughs> For me, it just brings out, I was going to say it brings out a lot of insecurities, but it just brings out insecurities. Yeah. Like when someone says, oh, give them a second chance. Like, oh, you're being too picky. And then in your mind, you think to yourself, oh my gosh, like, am I being too picky? 
And then you start thinking, well, what am I doing wrong that I'm not willing to give this person who I didn't really hit it off with a second chance? Yeah, I think that's great. I think the person's kind of assuming they know more about you and that relationship than you do. Exactly. Even though they didn't go on the date. like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're they not like there. in your head, in your brain. Yeah, I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot in my personal life is how can I make decisions that are like true to me? I definitely rely a lot on others for like advice and help in terms of like navigating my life, you know, parents, other other people, which is helpful. But I also at the end of the day, like nobody knows me as well as I do and maybe Heavenly Father, you know, so like I just trusting like my own like internal authority and ability to like do what's best for my life that's been hard for me to do but it's very important yeah I, I definitely feel similar as Oliver when he said um they say like oh you're too picky um and so you definitely start to second guess yourself and you're like am I too picky like do I need to do this differently and um you do you start feeling so insecure um like you're the villain <laughs> yeah and over here you're like I like maybe I just didn't hit it off with this person and it just didn't go well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, maybe like maybe we will have a second date. We just haven't got there yet. Um, so sometimes I feel like we just need to give it time. Yeah. Um, too. But I was thinking, what are what's something that I guess would be more helpful to say? Yeah, actually, I trust you. Like, I trust you to do what's best for you. I trust your judgment. I trust your judgment. Yeah. And I was thinking in a situation like that, um, one of the best things to do, honestly, is just listen. And if they're sounding like it didn't go well, or if it did go well, then just go with either way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely take cues from them. Yeah. And don't make assumptions that this is this person's last chance for love. Because it is not. You know? Mm-hmm. I think that's also part of it is like hmm, this is this is it that's all you got so you better choose it but obviously there will be more opportunities to to date what else there so one that we had is the why are you still single i think that one's really well intentioned like people are trying to give a compliment they're kind of like the, I'm, I'm impressed compliment but oh, oh that yeah. is that is such a loaded question yeah so why are you still single but in the back but in their mind they're thinking okay what's wrong with you or what have you done and that you're still in this single state? Yes. And, so, and some people say it with very good intentions because um, they'll say it in a way that is like, you're amazing. Like, right. Like, why are you still single? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be a compliment. <laughs> yeah. It's meant to be a compliment. But to you, then you're thinking, I am amazing. Like, why am I still single? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is that thing like. Uh, what's wrong with you? It's like assuming that singleness is lesser than something else, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, you're amazing, so you shouldn't have this lesser thing in your life. Mm -hmm. That is one of the things that's already against you when you end up in the mid-singles ward, because everyone already has that mentality, okay, I didn't do what I was supposed to do in the YSA, in the young single adult ward, now I'm in the mid-singles ward, and we're all in the same boat, so something... We all didn't do like what we were supposed to do when we were in the in the in the YSA. So now we're all here and we're trying to figure out what's wrong with that person, uh-huh. or why is that person still single? So like right off the bat, you go to this this mid singles ward and everyone already has that same thought. Like I wonder why so and so is still single and how come they're in this ward? Yeah, and so that's almost like you kind of already have to battle against that as soon as you enter the MSA. Yeah, the narrative's so pervasive that we put it on ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we believe it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and when we meet new people in the mid-singles ward, and it, you meet somebody and, and you think, oh, they're so charming and funny and possibly attractive, and you think, why are they still single? <laughs> and so even, even we're guilty of, you know, judging <laughs> our peers. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> I remember I was like... I don't know, getting to know a guy or something. And my friend said that to me. We were in like in our 20s. She said, oh, yeah, he's great. You got to wonder why he's still single. And I think, yeah, I think that's unhelpful because um, I think it's making the assumption that everyone who's like, you know, relatively attractive and like 
fairly normal, not weird, mostly has their life together, should be married or should be coupled up. And, like, it doesn't work that way. I know so many, like, really beautiful, wonderful people who are still single, you know, into later years. And Mm -hmm. then I also know, like, plenty of people who are, like, um, maybe have some quirks or something that are, like, happily (laughs) married. And so I think, yeah, just the, the fact that we're assuming that, you know, all these people who mostly have it together should be married it just isn't fair because you have to find like another half to that it's not just about you to all our listeners just to set the record straight we are three pretty attractive looking people (laughs) and we're still single so we exist attractive people like us still exist actually somebody told me this analogy it was they were talking about um lids for pots finding your lid for your pot (laughs) and like if you're like a funky uh, shape like your pot's like a star or something like if you find another starlet out there like you know that person is for you like that that's the right fit for you but if you're like a very normal shape like round or oval or something like there's a lot of rounds and ovals out there so maybe it takes a little more time to like weed through to find your person so I think like sometimes when you're like I don't know just have like a more unique or quirky personality or something it can be even easier to find like, like that, that right fit <sighs> I do really like that analogy. <laughs> That's amazing. I forgot who told me that. I'll have to figure it out and credit them. Yes, that, <laughs> yeah. that's a smart person. Yeah. So is there something that's more helpful to say than why you're still single? I, I know I'm not sure. Yeah. I would say just don't even ask that question. Yeah. I would say because everyone wants to know why you're still single. But if you know you're not going to get the answer that you're looking for or hoping for, I would just say, don't ask it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I'd say if you're, if you're kind of fishing to, um, know how they're doing or, or, or whatnot, I think a better question to ask them is, are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. How are and, going for and, you? <laughs> and just kind of don't, don't even address the singleness at all. Just yeah. see where they're at emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how has dating been for you? <laughs> yeah. How's it been going for you? Yeah. I love that. I love that one. I saw a, a TikTok recently. It was like a relationship co- coach or something. And she addressed that one. She said, don't ask why you're still single. What kind of answer are you expecting from them? Like, what are you expecting them to say? Yeah. <laughs> There's no good answer, no good response. You can either say, I don't know, I'm perfect. Or you could say, oh, I'm deeply flawed. That's why, <laughs> you know, yeah, like. Right? It's that question, as soon as you ask it, the walls are already going up and your defenses are already going up. Right. Yeah. So I love that. Just how are you doing? I'm getting to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. Well, what, what have been some other questions that that you ladies have been asked where you're like, really? Like, did you really just ask me that? Uh, I think definitely the, um, kind of, I'll call it the blind setting up. Oh, the blind dates. Yeah, maybe it's not like, well, blind dates are great, but, um. Oh. Just like, like, I know a single person. I I know a guy. I know a guy. (laughs) I know a guy who's single. Maybe he's like also a member of the church, like very basic criteria, but I think, I, and don't get me wrong, I think blind dates are a great idea. I think we should be actively asking, like, our the people in our lives to set us up, because I think that's a great way to meet someone. Um, but I think, like, when you do it, you have to, um, you have to have a reason, like, a reason that you think they would go well together, maybe something they have in common, or that they could talk about on the date, something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, I think there's a little bit of, like, this assumption that any two good people could like ride off into the sunset together any you know any guy and girl um who are both single maybe around the same age or something I don't know both members of the church and obviously it's like a little bit more nuanced than that and you want people people in your life to like really appreciate you for you you know Mm -hmm. your personality or what you have to offer I guess any other thoughts on that one yeah so Lindsay for for those who don't know me and like uh-huh. my sexual orientation, yes, that would be like if someone came along and said, "Oh, Oliver and Lindsay would like make a great couple because they're both single and they're both members of the church." Yeah, so that's not helpful because that's assuming that you're straight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they don't know the full story, but because we're both single and we're both members, yeah, you we should we should work. Yeah, we should just automatically work. Yeah. Yes. So that's like, I mean. 
what is that like for you to for when someone just assumes you're straight and you want to like date girls? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, been there, done that. Um, there was okay, so there was one time when I was hanging out with my brother, and I told him that I was starting to like go on dates with the guys, uh-huh. and I was like super excited to tell him to tell him this, and his his response was. Okay, so I think you need to talk to your bishop and find out if you're still eligible to, to go to the temple. Uh-huh. And he said that, and I was like, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, that has nothing to do with dating. Yeah. So that was that was also kind of an example of, like, an unhelpful thing to say. Yeah. To, uh, to a member in the family who just happens to be a member of the church, but is also a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, yeah. Like, going back to what you said, Brittany, about just being able to listen to the person, not necessarily having to say anything, that's a prime example of he should have just listened and not said anything, because when he did say that, mm-hmm. it just made the conversation more awkward. And like I said, like, those walls and my defenses went up. Yeah. I was excited to tell about who I was going on dates with. Right. And his immediate reaction or thought was okay you need to basically repent (laughs) yeah i think that's going back to what we were talking about before making assumptions that you know more about a person's life than they do exactly like yeah i think that's very like relevant for well this is my assumption again but (laughs) for your life oliver where people like they're just processing your life and the things you're doing for the first time sometimes whereas like you've thought deeply about a lot of these things and so yeah, I they, mean, you can you can verify this, but I feel like you would want people to just like trust that you have thought about things and that you're moving forward, doing your best. Yeah, yeah. and like that comment you made earlier about just saying, "Hey, I trust you." Like, yeah, that, that is a completely perfect, normal thing to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not that there's not like a time and place for advice, but I think like the best advice is like asked for for sure yeah right yeah. and definitely in that situation you were looking for a more supportive response um and his response i i can see where he's coming from he was you know just concerned yeah, yeah he cared um and he cared yeah yeah he, it came from a good place yeah. it came from a good place um his approach was just a bit flawed um <laughs> so he probably needed to address it in more of a way of oh that's great to hear what or whatnot um but i do have some concerns <laughs> yeah, yeah or i need a minute to process this yeah. <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah i think going back to the like oh i know a single person sort of thing mm-hmm. i feel like i do this with oliver all the time i'm like i know somebody with like some ties to the church who's gay let's set him up with Oliver, but, like, (laughs) obviously, yeah, like, obviously, that's short-sighted. I think I do this a lot, too, if I'm like, oh, those two people would look cute together. (laughs) Is that the basis for, like, successful marriage, looking cute together? (laughs) Absolutely not! Like, (laughs) (laughs) there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to be a matchmaker, Yeah, but definitely do your research before you start making matches. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I I much more appreciate someone who would come to me and say, hey, I have this guy I know that's attractive and, um, you know, maybe has this career, um, but I really think you guys would get along. Um, And I have had family members or friends come to me with information like that. And I thought, okay, let me kind of open my mind and um, and maybe I can jump on board with this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And see where this goes. Um, but there it's, yeah, it definitely means more coming from a place of like, they've put some thought behind it Yes, Mm -hmm. and they're not just trying to set you up with some random person. Right. Right. It's a source you trust. Yeah. Source you trust. I like that too. Yeah. Cause if it's a person you first met, that would also be hard to. Yeah, we definitely, and I think we even had a comment about this tonight at our dinner, um, that we kind of count on our friends and our family to be the filter yeah how so um well just so that you know they may know a, a you know a number of single guys or whatnot um but we need them to say oh this one would be a better fit mm-hmm. or she might like this one more uh-huh. um before coming to us and saying i'd like to set you up yeah yeah for sure they can help weed out yeah weed out the options or whatnot 
I, I like, like that. that. I'm picturing a giant filter now. I, I, like, that. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> you're like filtering the men. <laughs> but you're at, <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, though. Like our our friends and our family um, are the ones that know us well. So we would think that they would be able to help us filter out our potential um, coupling, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, sometimes they see things about ourselves we don't necessarily see super readily. And so I think, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That could be really helpful for someone to say, hey, I've actually noticed this about you. And I think that's great. And I also thought of this other person who maybe would compliment that well or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's always very validating, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So here's a question that I just thought of. So we're talking about phrases and questions that people ask that aren't necessarily helpful. Have there been times that you have heard, um, like a, a like a topic or a comment during a lesson that that kind of like made you uncomfortable? Interesting, like related to our single status, like like yeah. related to like relationships or like your single status or was there ever like a comment or a topic that was said or taught where you were like, I don't think that's accurate anymore, and I don't think that's necessarily helpful to dating. I would say I've probably blocked a few things like that that I don't think about anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know. That just immediately brought to mind um, the reason why I choose to be in the singles or the mid singles ward, yeah. Rather than maybe go to a family ward, and it's because every once in a while I will attend a family ward and go to Relief Society or Sunday school or whatnot. It's usually Relief Society. But because it's a family ward, um, a lot of their lessons, I feel like, are more focused on marriage and family and children. Um, And so they really focus on these areas, and I feel like kind of forget, and it is a minority, um, especially in a family ward, um, but I think they forget about the amount of single people they probably still have in their ward. Yeah, which may not even be a minority. Like, you think about all the divorced or widowed or, you know, just people who aren't necessarily, like, in a younger age group but are single. There's so many. Yeah, yeah and so I, I feel like I've been a part of many lessons where I didn't feel like I could relate to what they were talking about or mm-hmm. that they were trying to include me um, and my singleness, I guess, um, in the lesson. They were very much targeting it to the married or whatnot, and I, I didn't feel a part of it. So very excluded. Hmm. What about you, Oliver? Have you had something like that? <sighs> At least related to single stuff, because I know there's plenty <laughs> in general. <laughs> right. Well, I am, again, I am the odd man out because when it comes to dating, there is no one, there aren't any potentials in the mid-singles ward for me to date, but you do hear, like, when you go to elders quorum or when you go to priesthood, you do hear, like, brethren, we have lots of potential, like, sisters in the ward who are, like, great women, like, you should give them a chance, and, you know, how come you're not dating them, and how come, like, none of you are, like, coupled up with these wonderful sisters in our ward? Yeah. Like, we hear that a lot. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. This, this is what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would assume there's, like, some heavy shaming in Elder's Quorum of these single not, guys. I will, I'll be honest, <laughs> in the young single adult ward, absolutely. Not so much in the mid-singles ward. Yeah. Why do you okay. think that is? <laughs> this is going to sound awful. <laughs> and, like, and this, this is not, like... This, is, this isn't, like, correct. It's not doctrine. But in my opinion, I think you hear so much of it when you're attending the YSA because you're, like, you're still young. You're still, like, fresh. You're still, like, you have a lot of things going for you. And then when you're in, when you're in the mid-singles ward, like Brittany said, like, you kind of, you have, like, your career. You are working on, like, getting your own house. Or you're, like, you own your house. Or you're, like, moving. You're doing more adult things. And I think at that point, they're just more, they're more focused on, well, I mean, you're in the mid-singles ward, and obviously, like, dating didn't work for you in the YSA, and you're in the MSA, and so we're not going to keep addressing this issue. You'll just figure it out when you do. Yeah, so it's like beating a dead horse. Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or almost like giving up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost kind of like, well, I mean, they're here, so let's not scare them off by, like, convincing them to date. Let's try to keep them here, and let's talk about other things. They'll figure out dating when they when they figure it out. And again, yeah. that's probably not... That's just my assumption. This isn't like 
doctrine or like this isn't right. like what a leader told me. This is just something that I've noticed. Well, I think it's wise. I think there is like some drop off, I think, in the church around that like 30, 31 year old mm-hmm. age where you don't belong in your current ward anymore. You're not allowed in your current ward. And so like you can for sure like do the work to find a new congregation, mm-hmm. but you like it's also easy to just not go anymore or something like that. I don't know what the numbers are on that. We should look them up, but I, I know, uh, our Bishop that, or my, our last Bishop in the YSA before I moved to the MSA, uh, he was, I think a Bishop of a mid singles ward. Oh, um, like maybe before that or whatnot. And he said he was always very sympathetic um, to that age group of the younger thirties, um, because you are very much in this transition period. And he said that if you're going to go inactive, that's when you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, because you, you just get to this point where you don't really feel supported anymore, um, or included or just represented. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and so you just kind of fall away. Um, and, nobody a lot of people don't notice mm-hmm. um because you're in that transition period and so you just kind of get missed mm-hmm. um and so he was very sympathetic to that and made a lot of efforts to make sure that those younger singles um still felt wanted mm-hmm. um and i really liked that about him yeah that's great yeah, the mid-singles ward definitely feels like a huge need there and uh, provides a community where you otherwise may not feel like you belong or something. So, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of good things here. <laughs> yeah. Any others we, we wanted to address? I do. I do see this written down on your notepad. Well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Oh, yes. What, what are the solutions that have been presented to you? Oh, oh gosh, that. <laughs> the, we, I feel like we could talk about that for a long time. Let's um, do it. But, <laughs> let's, let's dive into this. But I do feel like, especially within my close family and friends, um, I will talk to them about dating or specific dates and as soon as I start talking and I say, oh, we went on a first date and they jump into that whole, are you going to go out again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> When's the second date? Business and, and all that stuff. Um, but even just if I say, if I bring up, oh, I, I met this person today and, and they were really interesting and mm-hmm. we had a, had a great conversation. And the follow up question is always like, oh, when are you going to ask him out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, or, you know, maybe I'm not really interested in anybody at the moment and they'll say, oh, you know, why don't you put yourself out there more? Or why don't you, uh, be more forward or why don't you ask a guy out? Um, and so there's always just so many suggestions Mm -hmm. of what I can do differently. And every once in a while it, it can be helpful. Um, but most of the time it's not. (laughs) Yeah. And this is advice from like married people, whether they're your married friends or they're married members in your family, where their spouse, they met their spouse when they were in high school (laughs) or they met when they were at work. They didn't have to do online dating or do the dating apps like we have to do. So dating is completely different from what it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think the next level of have you tried is I met my husband by doing this. And it's oh, something, yes. And it's always something <laughs> random that does not work for everyone. I don't know. <laughs> Those are never helpful. I'm like, good for you in your specific situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because I feel like in those situations and really just kind of in general, um, most people, when they get married, um, they have this amazing situation, however it happened. They only had to have it happen once yeah, for mm-hmm. them to find their special person. And meanwhile, you over here, you're like, you're like, I'm still trying to make that special thing happen once. You're like, it's just taking me longer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like anytime two people get together and make like a long term relationship work, it's a miracle, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, yeah, sometimes miracles take a while, I guess. <laughs> 
The one comment that always makes me laugh is when someone says, oh, it'll happen when you least expect it. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> exactly. So should I, like, not pursue dating someone and then it'll magically happen? Yeah. Or let's say, oh, I gave up and then I met my person. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. almost, I decided to give up dating, and then I met my one true love. Yeah, so you were, like, sitting at home like a hermit? Is that what you mean? <laughs> or were you still going to stuff? You were still going to stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right, I do hear that often. <laughs> yeah, that's a common one. I think one of the reasons this kind of advice isn't helpful is because it's conflicting a lot of times. Like, I'll hear, oh, have you tried asking guys out? And then other people will say, oh, guys don't like girls who chase them. Yes. Or things like that. So then you're like, well, what now what am I supposed to do? And, like... They don't know, like, they don't, have, have, they haven't done research on the topic, like, yes. <laughs> I don't know, so, it's just, like, not helpful, and I think it's kind of an anxiety-inducing. Mm -hmm. I think it also goes back to what I talked about before, where it's um, maybe this narrative that we're doing something wrong, or that we need to repent, mm -hmm. so, yeah, and we already talked about how that's just not helpful or true. Mm -hmm. It's not like their purpose is to be hurtful. Yeah. They're just, they, they're happy, and so they naturally want us to be happy as well. Yeah. And so they do their best to, like, do and say things that they think are helpful, which in the end are not and are <laughs> damaging and hurtful. Yeah. I mean, what's something better you could say if you genuinely wanted to help a person? I don't know. Or, yeah, or should you say <laughs> anything? Because our comment, like, our unhelpful comment was... Oh, you'll find somebody, you know, when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know what the perfect, uh, you know, antithesis of that is. Yeah, I think asking, like, again, like we talked about, how's it going or how's dating been lately? Maybe just something more open-ended and letting them tell you mm -hmm. um, versus assuming you, like, no. <laughs> Yeah, and and I definitely think one of the more helpful things too is that even if you do ask them, mm -hmm. how how is dating going, or have you been on any dates lately, um, and just if they if they say, oh yeah, I have been on like few dates with this person, or or they say just no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, like you you definitely need to follow their lead. And um, if they don't want to talk about it, don't push. Yeah. Because um, I do feel like that happens a lot with these comments and stuff, um, is that it feels pushy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, feels intrusive. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I was thinking about how sometimes I don't like going to extended family events because these relatives who I really don't have like a personal relationship with will ask kind of invasive questions like, how's dating going? Which... I guess it's okay, but, I mean, there's so many, like, other higher-level things you could start with, like, oh, are you enjoying where you live? How's your job going? You know, things like that that yeah. are, like, a little bit less, like, personal and diggy. So, yeah, I think yeah, uh, just also, like, being aware, like, how close am I with this person? Because uh, this is, like, maybe a somewhat intrusive question dealing with, like, their personal romantic relationships or whatnot. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I do feel like I totally understand your anxiety with, <laughs> like, family reunions or whatnot. Yeah. Um, because I think we very much get reduced to mm -hmm. this, you're single. Yeah. And that is, like, the most, I guess, important, more or less, is the best way to describe it. Thing, yeah. The thing about you. Yeah. And, and you think, that's not the most important thing about me, or that's not the thing that defines me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you're like, I have this career, and I'm doing this with my friends, and... Um, I'm working towards this goal, and and so there's so much more about you um, that they can investigate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than reduce you to your single. Yeah. Absolutely. How ironic that you feel the most vulnerable and inadequate at a family function. <laughs> <laughs> like the family is the is the group that's supposed to like support and uplift you, but no, that's not always the case. Yeah, that's. Well, we could do another episode on that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they're great. We love them. Yeah, this has been great. Any other thoughts on things that are more helpful to say to your single friends as you try to, like, support them? I really like what you said earlier, just, like, just trusting their judgment. Yeah. And not forcing anything or not rushing anything. Um, 
the comment that you made earlier about how we as members, we tend to stay like very busy and very active. And I think mm -hmm. we kind of pride ourselves in our busyness and like how active we are. For sure. And so I think we just need to like take a break and like take a step back, breathe. And like it, it, not everything is a race. We're not in a rush to get married because when you rush something good, it usually doesn't end well. It, it, it ends, it actually ends badly. And so I think we just got to remember that and like remind ourselves, hey, everyone else got married, good for them, but that's not that's not the case for it for me. Mm -hmm. That's not my to, journey. Yeah, that's not my journey. They yeah. they're on a different path than I am. Yeah. Go yeah. at your own pace. Go at your own speed. Yeah, yeah. I I think other helpful, uh, I guess approaches because I guess I don't have a specific like catchphrase or question more or less to say. Um, but I think another approach is just, I have, I have an aunt that every time I see her, um, she never asks me, uh, how's dating going? Have you been on any dates? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, do you have a boyfriend? Like she just, she honestly doesn't even address that aspect. Uh -huh. She says, how are you? Like, yeah, are you happy? Um, how's work going? Um, and she addresses those other things about me and lets and just shows love. Yeah. Um, rather than um, kind of those more pushy questions that make me feel uncomfortable and like I'm doing something wrong mm -hmm. back to our previous subject. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love her approach and I wish, um, more people within the church could take an approach like that, um, to our, I guess, group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I had two more thoughts. One, what, when you were talking, Brittany was, I think some, I mean, this is something we could maybe ask everyone is what are you excited about right now? Um, I think we'd probably learn some cool things about people if we asked about that. Yeah. Another thought I had, this is something my sister said once, um, that she learned to ask when someone was telling you about something hard they're going through is asking what's been the hardest part about it. So if someone is like being vulnerable with you and opening up about maybe how hard it is to date or what, what not, asking um, what's been the hardest part is maybe a good way to um, continue to get more information and support them better. Yeah, and definitely get their their perspective on how they're feeling. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow, well, it's been so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, Brittany, I'm so glad you joined us tonight. You're yes, the thank best. You. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're this, always fun to talk to about all these topics. This, this was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was I, really fun. Yeah, I definitely feel like we learned some positive things that we could say in place of the negative things that we're usually force-fed. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Building better habits, better patterns. Exactly. Yeah, it'll just continue to benefit us and those after us. <laughs> All right, well, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Brittany. That's been awesome. Okay, <laughs> thanks.